0: Hi, I'm Tommy Mallon, a 2020 Mariah's Challenge Scholarship winner. And here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means establishing moral principles and adhering to them regardless of peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with the driver who is impaired. It means being a leader and not let others around you accept underage drinking or let anyone you know get in a car with someone who is impaired. It means pursuing excellence and not letting alcohol and drugs take that away from you. It means setting a positive example for the generations that follow. I'm Tommy Mallott, and I accept Mariah's challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are Butte Tough. Today's podcast is presented by Casa Grande Steakhouse. One of my favorite things to do is go to Three Legends Stadium and watch the Butte Miners, Muckers, or Motormen play baseball. That is because I love baseball and I love the concession stand at Three Legends Stadium. The food there is from Casa Grande Steakhouse, and with Sean Grattan cooking the burgers, they are absolutely to die for. I have at least one every game. Go to any American Legion or minor league baseball game around, and I promise you their concession stand is not as good as the one at Three Legends Stadium. That concession stand is just one of many ways Casa Grandes gives back to the community. Dine in or order out at Casa Grande's, or have Casa Grande's cater your event. Whether you are visiting town or have lived here your whole life, make sure to make a stop at Casagrandas on a regular basis. Casagrandes has been a sponsor of the Buttecast from the very beginning. That's Casa Grande's Steakhouse. Eat where the locals eat. Now, let's get the show started.
1: Welcome to the Buttecast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world you America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth.
2: Woo-hoo!
1: Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. I'm to be Butte, America, USA.
0: It might seem kind of funny to follow up a Butte legend like John McElroy with a podcast featuring someone most of you never heard of. I never heard of Tanya Murray until Nikki Russell of the care committee in Butte contacted me to tell me that Tanya has a great story to tell. The police in town are very familiar with Tanya because she is an addict. It started with opiates because of a medical condition when she was younger and that turned into methamphetamine. It cost her everything. She lost her son and she lost her daughter And she lost the trust of her family the care committee in butte is made up of various organizations and individuals including people who have experienced homelessness themselves the goal is to help people and raise awareness about a huge problem that butte is definitely not immune to we have a drug problem in butte and we have a homeless problem here too tanya knows all too well about both of them today tanya is clean and she is doing very well trying to help others She uses her ministry to help talk to people who are struggling to see if she can help. It seems to be her number one mission in life. Well, it is her number one mission after fighting off the urge to use drugs every day. She says you have to take care of yourself before you can help others. Tanya definitely has a story to tell. It is one that everyone should hear. Addicts come from all walks of life. Tanya grew up spending a lot of her life on a farm in eastern Montana, living a life where values and integrity were stressed. Through the use of pain pills, though, she slipped down a dark road that led her to prison and then basically living on the streets. Yesterday, I sat down with Tanya at Orofino Coffee in Butte for an amazing conversation. Listen in to hear Tanya talk about falling into drug use, rising out of it, and falling again. Listen as she talks about the cruelty of losing her children and how she takes accountability for her own actions. Listen as she talks about what it is like to live on the streets. She tells the story of a high school student seeing her hands turning purple in the cold. Try not to cry when she tells how that student gave Tanya his gloves. This really is a story we should all hear. We will never solve the problem of drugs and homelessness, but maybe we can all help make things better if we try to understand those problems. That is what Tanya is doing today. She's trying to help from all angles. While her story might not be as fun as the ones told by Coach McElroy, hers is every bit as important. I hope you will check it out. Well, Tanya, I appreciate you joining me today. That, that spelling of your name, is that is that unusual or is that...?
3: I've actually met one other person who has the, my name spelled the same.
0: same. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just, uh,
3: so, yeah, and I'm 40-some and we won't go into years, but yeah, uh, and she's the only one I've come across, so yeah, it's unique. Most people call me Tawanya.
0: Tawanya, yeah. yeah.
3: Tawanya or Tania or something.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> It's funny how, I'm surprised no one copied you, because we, we spelled my daughter's name Maisie, M-A-I-Z-E-E, and oh, nice. there's a girl from Anaconda whose parents apparently read the paper, that saw her born like that, has the same name, so it's spelled oh, the same okay. way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is fine, you know, yeah. but doesn't, Maisie doesn't like it too much, though. No, one does She thought no. she was unique.
3: Unique, I was for a very long time, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, now, where did you grow up?
3: Um, you said I'm, you're from
0: all over, right?
3: Yes, I am. I am. So, but I, if I was going to give a home base, it would be, um, I'm a farm girl from up north, the Culbertson, Sydney area. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know where? Yeah. Coberson uh-huh. Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Up there. Flatland. Yeah. My grandparents have spent a lot of time with my grandparents.
0: Oh yeah? Yeah. Didn't you work on the farm?
3: Yes, 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 good farm living. Yes, I come from country and you know, hard work and the sun and you're yeah. up at <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I always thought that seemed like a nightmare as a guy who like to sleep in till noon on sun on summer times, it, you know.
3: It is, it is. Yeah. It probably
0: instills a person with a pretty good work
2: ethic.
3: Well it does, it does, it does, yeah. But yeah, I never was one to wanna to get up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and know. go to go around in circles at two miles per hour, you know. So, but it does, it instills very good. Um, and my, my grandparents did great, great morals and principles and values. I was just really? raised in a very good environment. And you were
0: raised by your grandparents or just spend a lot of time? Well,
3: I, I wouldn't say majority, but most of the time we, we switched back and forth. My mother was, I, I love her, she's like a gypsy. Uh-huh. She just wanted to go everywhere. So that's where we went, everywhere. And when we needed a place to settle, we went to the farm.
0: Oh, really? Was it just you and your mom?
3: No, we have, um, I have one, two, three, four, four sisters and two brothers. Five of them would have been my mother's, so yeah. there was five of us kids.
4: Wow,
0: and yeah. how do you rank on that uh, age-wise?
3: I'm the oldest of the females, so I'm the second born. I really? have a, one older brother. So do you so have a
0: lot of extra responsibilities I was that the too?
3: caretaker, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was the one who watched the kids because my brother wanted to run off and do teenage things, you know. Yeah,
0: and you had to take care of them.
3: Yes, yes, yes. I did. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, where, where did you go to high school at?
3: Um, actually, in Concrete, Washington.
0: Really? Yeah. Where's that at? Where at? Um, where?
3: That's over by. Let's see, it's north, northeast of Seattle. Probably yeah. by an hour. Northwest. Really? Maybe northeast. Northeast.
0: <laughs> you were there for a while.
3: No, not really. I mean, like I said, we moved. So it was every three to six months. Or Sometimes I'd get like a year in a
0: place. We really, really didn't. That must have been tough. Always always the new kid in school.
3: Yeah, that yeah. That was something
0: I always kind of feared, too. I always felt bad for the new kids because, you know, when when you're sitting in school and all of a sudden there's a new kid sitting there. Yeah. And, uh, you it's know. It's hard to make friends. Yeah, it's probably hard. You know, some went better than others, I suppose, with some of the new kids. Some of them probably never did really fit in. Yeah. But I, I always, that was one of my big fears you know when my growing up my dad talked about potentially moving because he you know the anaconda company closed you know talked yeah. about moving for jobs he lived around the country okay, you know why okay. we we stayed here but I, I was like terrified of going somewhere just for the being the new kid
3: being the new kid yeah yeah i um it's hard to make friends you don't learn how to socialize yeah during that because you just you just don't bother so i pretty much basically stayed to myself not only that though i was bullied when i was little right. i looked like a little boy and yeah. When I was, yeah, so I got teased a lot. Would well, you
0: have short hair or is that?
3: So Well, short hair. Mom didn't want to deal with the getting the snarls out of the long hair, and yeah. I didn't care either way. So, and big ears, these huge <laughs> <laughs> little head and the same size yeah. ears I have now. Yeah. So, and kids, kids can I, be brutal. I would have never,
0: never looked at you and said you have big ears. Yeah. Well, then <laughs> back then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they but.
3: called me my my parents, my grandparents called me alfalfa. And oh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, they said it was because I like to play in the alfalfa field, but that's not definitely not true. So it was more
0: of the did you have a little hair sticking up right out the middle?
3: Like, I did. I have, yes, yes, <laughs> like I do. Yeah. I have the calyx. Yeah. What was
0: that? The little rascals? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the alfalfa. <laughs> alfalfa was the bigger, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, and the little,
0: yeah. Yeah, so it was how long did that go on? Were you just when well, you were
3: walking? Well, um, when I was, um about from transitioning to from middle school to high school i went into a depression and i call it i went from my ugly duckling stage to my my swan stage yeah and then i was popular
0: oh really oh right yeah so yes yeah. so i wasn't the mean, chunky yeah.
3: bigger girl anymore now yeah. i'm the skinny one that everybody wants to take out yeah. and so when you've been treated certain ways you know throughout your life and then yeah. you get you know you're all of a sudden you're popular when yeah. the 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 popular guy in school wants to take you out you just you just like no I don't yeah,
0: yeah. probably untrusting a well, little bit
3: right yeah and I didn't want to party with them anyways yeah. i I wanted to stick up for the underdog yeah you know all the ones that were getting picked on and everything in in high school I just thought it was yeah. just cruel
0: so yeah. isn't it amazing that they do that kids I mean we everybody's done it you know I mean i'm I'm not I can't look back and say, boy, I was a nice kid in junior high and high school all the time. But uh, you look at the kids, what they go through when they're middle school, every one of them feels awkward. Every one of them, you know, they're all dealing with acne or some kind of fit. None of them feel secure about themselves. But they pick on the other kids and make themselves feel secure instead of just being, realizing they're in it together and get yeah. through it, you know. Yeah, I agree. And, but, uh, yeah, you see, I see them. I have a daughter in, in eighth grade, and I just see that. Her resistance of the popular crowd, you know.
3: Yeah. Well, and you know,
0: she, she doesn't like the. She's lost some friends yeah. who wanted to be part of the popular crowd. Yeah. But she got zero interest in that.
3: Well, my daughter's my, my daughter's beautiful, just yeah. gorgeous, and so she's automatically in that yeah. crowd. And there's a couple instances that she's came to me about some things. Can teenagers? Oh my gosh! Yeah. I just can't even believe what they argue and fight about. But in which. I thought it was rather cruel, you yeah. know, it's not the way that I was raised, yeah. you know, I'm even, even back then, you know, I, I kind of held my ground with those principles and morals and values, you yeah. know, so that we, yeah, did you but ever kids get in, can be cruel, yeah. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, I've been <laughs> mean in my life. Yeah.
0: Did, you, did you ever get in fights like that because of the kids? Or I did. Did you? Did you? Yeah. I had, like physical I was, fights, you didn't
3: Um, most, most of it was just me standing up and shaking, you know, like, just leave my friend alone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't mess with someone who's shaking. And don't, 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 yeah, (laughs) don't mess with me.
3: (laughs) Um, I have gotten a few physical altercations, but I don't like fighting. I hate hitting. I think it's awful. It's an awful thing to do to yeah. one another. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I've actually, I'm, I'm the brave one. They say, they say that bravery is stupidity in the eyes of the enemy. Yeah. So I'm the stupid one that would go up to men. Yeah. And yeah, and then I've had some altercations there yeah. actually where the men were gonna fight me. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And start shaking, and then they, just, they get.
3: They get <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. and I become a different person then. <laughs> yeah. How old is your daughter? She's a teenager. She's, she's 18. Yeah. She's 18 this year. You just yeah. have one. I don't. I have uh, my daughter's 18, and my son will be 10 oh, yeah. in November. And neither one of them are with me.
0: They're not with you. My just, daughter was
3: adopted when she was five, and yeah. my son was just adopted. Um, about well, just he was just ad- adopted a couple a year ago maybe, not right. even, but uh it was taken out of my home.
0: Really? Do you see yeah. him still? I do not. Not at all, huh?
3: No, my daughter knows where I am, and she doesn't want anything to do with me, and my son, the adoptive parents, are waiting to yeah. see that I make some progress in my life.
0: Yeah. Are you making progress? Do you feel I like- feel so. I hope yeah. so.
3: Yeah, this last, um it hasn't been too long, to tell you the truth, but... Um, at least nine, ten months, um, I've really, God has really moved me hmm. from being an addict, you know, on the streets, um, living a lifestyle, yeah. Like, yeah, to being able to be somebody who's helping other people, other addicts yeah. and homeless people.
0: And yeah. What were you uh, addicted to?
3: Uh, methamphetamine, my, but my original addiction stemmed from um, opiates. So I lost the use of my legs when I was 18. It's so a temporary paralysis.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And they had placed me on pain, pain medication, and I've had this lower back and leg problem f- for all my life. And so eventually I got addicted to them. Yeah. And then, you know, when they take away the pain pills, well, then you just find another drug to substitute it. I fell into methamphetamine. And, and there's so
0: many people who have had issues like that. I mean, we've seen judges have issues, yeah. you know, where they, it starts with pain pills. Really good people.
3: Right, right. You, you,
0: you know, end up, and it kind of scares me when I had to do stuff. to ask me if I want cotton or something. They're like, no. No, no. You know, I don't yeah. want to try it because, you know, I, I can't kick Mountain Dew. Right. <laughs> I can't either. I can't either. I've got mine here. <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's, it's like my drug. But, you know, if I don't have one a day or, or you know, at least... Right. You know, I'm off. But, uh, yeah, so it's not always just like, oh, we're in a dark alley, we're going to try something new, right?
3: No, no, not at all, not at all. It was just, yeah, it was, it was taken from me, and um, drugs were how I knew how to, how to deal with my emotions. And yeah. it was the next available drug, yeah. meth was. I mean, I've tried every drug, but meth is cheaper. You know, it was readily available. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, that's what happened. Yeah.
0: I saw... Artie Lang, you know who Artie Lang is?
3: I don't, I he's don't. He's a
0: comedian. He was on Mad TV, He's in some movies and stuff, but he's notably got a, a heroin problem. And he had a doctor tell him one time when he was taking some pills, he says, you might as well take heroin because it's better for your liver.
3: It, well, right, right, right.
0: Than the powerful stuff. Yeah. You know, and he's a, you know, he's a guy who's you know he'll say he's written books where he said he's clean and then he gets you know busted and he ends up you know it kind of comes and goes a lot he's really funny he was on howard stern for a while too you know sitting in with him but uh yeah i just kind of got a glimpse of reading you know reading his books was pretty interesting to see where he came from like that but you know i've never other than you know occasional you know, getting a joint thrown at you when you're in Missoula or you know, drink, drink, <laughs> drinking heavily. I never tried any in drugs, but I never had any major injuries that put me on right on something like that too right so.
3: yeah it's it, it's tough it's a tough situation. I never thought that i I would get there with it i yeah. you know i um I was just trying to maintain the pain at yeah. a certain point you know throughout my life and losing my legs at an early age. It really, it hurt me emotionally yeah. so bad. In fact, I still stress. I, I tense myself. I stress. I got my feet locked underneath here right now. Uh-huh. It's, it, that loss at such an early age just mm. killed me. I, and uh, did you
0: think you were ever going to get it back? I didn't. Yeah.
3: And that was the thing I saw, a teenage, I saw them playing and partying and you know, doing the things that I thought I was never going to do again and it devastated me. Yeah. I, I thought there was no way. I actually I determined in myself and at that time I said, Well I'm an atheist. You know, heck with you. I'm yeah. I was raised Catholic so I know what you're about, right?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, I did something wrong yeah. and um and so I determined myself that I was going to walk again. And mind over matter, right? Yeah. Right. And so I. Powerful I've, thing. Yes. Well, it is. It is. Right. And, I mean, looking back, I know that the good Lord was with me in it all. but at the time He couldn't have told me that He did anything but hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. And that's uh, I watched a documentary years ago that is focused on Kalispell, It was about meth. It's probably like around 2000, 2002, somewhere right in there. And there was a stat they posted at the end that if you try meth once you have a six percent chance of ever getting off it. And I don't wow. know if that stat's accurate, or, but it seems like it could be, and you know, I don't know if that means you're not trying to get off of it, or you know, so many people aren't even giving it a shot, but getting off it must be just brutal.
3: Well, is actually the easier of the drugs. Is it really? Yeah, because it's not um, physically taxing. So it is, you know, having that, um, your body's not withdrawing,
2: yeah. Nowadays
3: there is, now they've been putting the fentanyl in it and so yeah, yes, it's they did too. that on purpose so that you get physically addicted to it. Yeah. When I laid down methamphetamine the first time when I was quite young, um, you know, because I went from meth and then the pills and then yeah. meth again, um, it was easy. I dreamt about it for about two years, but it was a very easy drug yeah. to get off of. This last time I battled it for a, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How easy is it to get? I mean, you got to deal with some shady characters right. to well, get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're. I mean, I watch Breaking Bad. Right. <laughs> you know, that's that's my yeah. basis for yeah. for yeah. it all. You know, like Tuco. You know, but yeah. it, is is it is it readily available? Is like someone yeah. wants to get? Is it really simple to get?
3: Well, right, it it is, and you know the thing is, is the people that I use with I would consider friends. Yeah. I didn't go out looking for some cartel guy to give yeah. me drugs. It was it was there with the people that I, yeah. I knew in my everyday life. So, I mean, you can go into a, an establishment, easily meet somebody, and then the next thing you know, you're being invited over to do drugs. Yeah. It's everywhere. And so yeah. it's very
0: easy to get. Are you looking for a place to host a special event or a party? Or just looking for a drink served by the best mixologist in town? Look no further than 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino. Take a step back in time and enjoy some of our signature cocktails such as an Old Fashioned or a Pink Mate. Stop in for happy hour Monday through Thursday from 4pm to 6pm and 2pm to 6pm Friday and Saturday for $2 cans of your favorite beer or two for five seltzers or well mixers. Or try one of our tap beers for just $5 along with weekly specialty cocktails. Located underneath the Miner's Hotel, where Butte locals receive a 20% discount on rooms, 51 Below has live music every Friday night. So stop by 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino for a good time with good friends and great drinks. And don't forget to dial five.
2: Shop for the Champion Shop at Dig City Supply. The Fan Gear headquarters for all things Montana Tech is right across the street from the Uptown Parking Garage on Park Street. Not only can you get your Charlie or Digger fix, but we carry the area's largest selection of Montana and Montana state apparel, as well as Butte High, Butte Central, and all the elementary school gear. Dig City is also home to the exclusive, licensed Butte Icon shirt collection. We partnered with cherished Butte institutions to offer one-of-a-kind graphic tees from places like the Silver Bow Drive-In, Beef Trail Ski Area, Bonanza Freeze, and our brand new Evil Knievel designs. Head uptown to Park Street and check out Dig City Supply and find us online at digcitysupply.com.
0: Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal's Sports Bar & Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions you will not miss a second of action and a full menu of cooked to perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the Vault Burger, Raise Fingers or one of Chef T's specialty items. Or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar and Grill. Metal Sports Bar and Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star.
1: There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskies and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary.
0: Yeah, you probably see that more than a lot of people kind of, we put the blinders on, you know, don't necessarily want to know how much is out there, but you, you probably see exactly how much is out there.
2: Yeah,
3: quite a bit, quite yeah. a bit. It's it's a it's a um, it's a pandemic, an epidemic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with this fentanyl coming on on the scene, the fentanyl, is, it just makes it just, impossible. For oh, it. my gosh. Yeah.
0: Did you ever have stuff that had fentanyl in it that you know?
3: Um, yes, I have. And I actually tried to, to smoke that, that fentanyl stuff, yeah. but I didn't find, you know, it's after my years of opiates, I actually have, my body has a way, it says, I don't want opiates. It just doesn't want to deal with it at all. Yeah. And I get really sick from it. So it wasn't anything that I wanted to partake in. But I watched friends of mine do it that went from, just, they were just doing methamphetamine and then they were doing fentanyl and they had changed their, it changed their play, character, personality. No kidding. Um, becoming thieves, doing things that they wouldn't morally usually do. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's devastating to see. And not only that, but methamphetamine is also it, the mind, the, the mental health of individuals, yeah. Yeah, the capacity to reason. Um, it's a very dark drug. Yeah. it's a very dark drug
0: and it's probably almost impossible to function and live a, like a real life go have a job have raised kids and stuff and be on, on drugs like that
3: absolutely not yeah you can't do it there's just yeah. no way yeah methamphetamine will not allow a person to be a productive person in society or a good parent yeah. and then yeah and then continue to use it it will devastate your life it's designed to devastate your life to yeah. take everything from you
0: yeah, is that exactly yeah. what it did for you? It did, it yeah. did,
3: and drugs have done that to me over and over in my life. I, yeah. I let, um, I let the devil lie to me, you know, I let fear creep in, and drugs were easy escape, but they weren't, because what they did is caused the chaos. Yeah, all of it's chaos. You live in constant chaos, um, and you get so used to it that you don't know how to live outside of the
1: chaos.
0: Yeah. And, of course, and when you're doing that, it brings the, the law into play, too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, there are
0: not only other people out there trying to stop it, catch it, yeah. but it leads to other crimes.
3: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, well, mine wasn't first. My first wasn't with methamphetamine, but I ended up going to prison
1: yeah.
3: over pills. We really? writing my, I wrote, wrote my own prescription. Really? And then I tried to alter another. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very easily to take away. I had 14 years of my life under the law, supervised. Really? And now I didn't serve 14 years, but I was in and out of institutions for a good half of it. Really? Yeah, going through some program or or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are, are they geared up pretty good for treatment, or is it just lock you up?
3: Uh, I, I, they try.
0: Yeah.
3: They try. There's, but you can't force somebody who's not yeah. ready. Yeah. I don't care what you put them through, how many um, treatments you put them in. Um, if they're just not ready, they're just not ready, and yeah. it's not going to
0: be beneficial. Yes. Yeah, so it's got to you got to you make the decision yourself.
3: You got to make the decision yourself. And, you know, I like, I'd like to say that the knowledge is important, right? Because, uh. and, and it is to some, to some, some extreme but like I said if you're not paying attention if you're not if it doesn't it's just gonna go in one ear and out the other and you're not gonna utilize that knowledge later I find that secular knowledge is not um, as good as spiritual excuse me
0: oh really (laughs) yes spiritual helps a little bit
3: yeah well I think that the spiritual human being well okay so I find that okay with addiction Mm -hmm. The whole human being needs to be dealt with. There's the spiritual component, the physical compu- comp- component, mental, and then emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, um, spiritual, the battle. That's that. That's that inner battle with yourself. That you know that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. That you don't like it. That you're unhappy. That you know you're, you're losing things that you love. You know, and then you, then you have the one the will to want to have something better in your life. And that's that, that's that battle between spirit and flesh, Yeah. you know, and spirit needs to win over flesh. Knowledge is not enough, you know, you have to come mm. to the end of you. And for me, it was finding Jesus Christ. Yeah, I had to, and even then, even then when I thought I'd done well, you know, and I had had the Lord, it's easy if you don't pay attention to the other parts of you yeah. to go slip back Because I was reborn and then I went back into drug use when a life event happened to me that I did not know how to handle.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's probably, yeah, you're probably always on the edge, right, of when you're recovering. I mean, the edge to slipping back is probably not that far away.
3: It's not, it's not. It's always in there. Yeah. It's that battle, your mind, you know, you... You want you want to find so drugs make it seem like it's the good thing. It was oh it gave me energy. Oh I got to go out and do more things. Oh you know the it glamorizes you know, glamorizes itself, yeah. makes your euphoric recall be something good, but it's not. And every time that you go back and use, you find out why you, you didn't want it. Really? It's, yeah. So. But yes, it's that battle with your mind. It was, it was is it really something that I like doing um, compared to what it does? Yeah, yeah. It's, it is, it's just a constant, constant battle. And people, it, We. it's so prevalent in this society and it's sad, I watch people fight it. And even when I was using, and you know, I was claiming Christianity, so I'm doing, I'm being a hypocrite, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you'd be surprised. How many are thinking about that too? Yeah. How many other addicts are, are sitting there with that battle in their mind, saying, "I I love the Lord, or I know that I need to do something better with myself and my life, but I'm stuck
0: yeah.
3: in this in this vicious cycle." Yeah.
0: Yeah, it sounds it uh, sounds really tough. I mean, it's uh, I'm luckily I never had to, like I said I quit drinking years ago, and oh, good. I, I, did, I didn't I didn't. I didn't, like, get the shakes or anything like that. Okay. You know, I didn't have to go through therapy. I, you know, I, I miss it a lot of, you know, I remember the hangovers more than anything, so I try <laughs> right, to get away right, from. Right. But alcohol, I mean, a lot of people, alcohol does the same thing. Yes. You know, in a lot of ways, it destroys lives. Yes, just yes. Just as much. And, you know, look I didn't have the, I don't think I would consider myself an alcoholic, but I was just a out-of-control guy. I had it, I didn't, what's, this, what's it saying? Like, I, did, I didn't have a drinking problem, but I had a problem when I drank. Right, right, okay, you know, okay. So, okay. so, I, so oh. I quit, and that problem went away. Yeah. But... It you know I, I I see the people who struggle with it who've really tried to quit drinking yeah. and they just can't.
3: They can't. Well, and you know with alcohol it's your body that dependency yeah. on it and it could be very dangerous to come off of alcohol yeah. and so they really need to be monitored. Yeah. And so that's I mean there's a couple of things. Benzos do the same thing. You really you have to be um, monitored and. And come off it that way. But, yeah, it's the same. From meth, cocaine, alcohol, all of it is yeah. is the same. It devastates lives. Yeah. It ruins your body. It destroys your mind. And it keeps you in a very dark and lonely place. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, how old were you when you got arrested and were sent to prison? Um. <laughs>
3: okay. I was a good kid, so yeah. I actually didn't get in trouble until I was about 27 years old. Yeah. And that's about the time that I started really getting addicted to my pain medication. They had placed me from Vicodin to Oxycodones so at a high level.
2: Yeah.
3: I had a doctor who just kind of wrote prescriptions, you know, and, um, and I abused that. Yeah. I yeah. abused that. I, his memory didn't come back, and so I would go and get a month prescription two times a month, so oh, every really? two weeks, yeah, so... Um, Yes, I was very, very addicted, and when they found out that I was doing these things, they, of course, took them away. And so then I I determined in myself that I was going to write my own prescription,
0: and yeah. Did it work a couple times before you got caught? It did. Yeah, because imagine Larry David made fun of that uh, reading a doctor's writing, handwriting, you know, how pharmacists can read it somehow. I have no idea how they. You see that you take that right, right, right. Shoo, just scratch, you know. You know right. may, maybe you wrote too. That's how you got caught. Is your your handwriting was too nice? No, you know what I. You know what
3: I did. There's a um, an FDA number, so uh, federal. Yeah, yeah, that they have to provide on the on the um, prescription. Yeah. And so that you can get them, and well. I thought that my doctor had wrote that number down in the corner, but it wasn't that number. It was my patient's ID number. Oh. <laughs> so if I'm writing it out to Larry Moe and Curly, yeah. but my patient ID number is up oh. on top, then they're gonna, there's, there's something, yeah, yeah. they're going to catch on.
0: So. Right. So where were you we at when you got arrested for it?
3: Um, I was living in Billings, oh. and it's unfortunate I had my baby girl then, and that's where DFS came in and got involved into the situation. And yeah noticed that well and i i'd never shot up so i was always just an oral taker yeah um um but at that point i i had been taught and i went full bore full bore with shooting up and had yeah. holes all over my body you couldn't you, there's no way you couldn't look at me and not see a junkie and yeah. that's what i i call it a junkie yeah yeah just- yeah so, they removed my child out of my right. home and I went to drug court. And well, that's a whole other story. I have a lot of, you know, I know that I had a lot of faults, yeah. you know, but I also see, think that our DFS system is also broken and our justice system as well. So, but um, with that being said, I overall understand and yeah. acknowledge my responsibility in it all. Yeah. My children didn't deserve to live in that.
0: No, I can't imagine, I, I've seen some nightmares yeah. with stuff, people taking other homes, you know, just my kids' friends, yeah. you know, I've seen, there was one one boy was, uh, we, we bought him Wendy's and you would have thought we took him, you know, to the nicest yeah. restaurant in the world, you know, because he ate ramen noodles every night while yeah. his foster mom used the money to take herself out to dinner, you know. Yeah. And and you see you see horrible stories like that. Hopefully your kids didn't have to go anything through like that.
3: No, I well no, no, and no. I mean I I I functioned on my drugs to take care of my children for the majority of the part. Yeah. And my partner, uh, her father, he did the rest, and now I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give him props. He really, actually, when I was sick from being, from not having the pills,
2: yeah.
3: he was taking care of her. So she was never really without that kind of care. But there is homes that are gross.
2: Yeah,
1: you know
3: that that they hard or they just they don't clean up. There's mold and icky and stuff growing. Um, I've I've gone into some pretty nasty places in drug use you know going yeah. to go get stuff where kids should never ever be apart that's not how my child lived
2: yeah
3: um, but it's still it's still damaging it's still damaging at yeah, whether whether it's or living in filth or you know into, into a mother who's always constantly cleaning and stuff thing is I'm not emotionally available
2: yeah
3: you know and I can't if you are not emotionally available you can't teach emotions yeah so I start realizing my children we're lacking that ability to to recognize their own emotions
2: yeah. because
3: their mother has I failed to to give that to them. Yeah, you can't teach something you
4: don't have. Yeah. Lone Peak Physical Therapy is your premier privately owned physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy, pelvic health and personal training facility located right here in beautiful Butte, Montana. With over 21 years of experience, our team here at Lone Peak is hyper-focused on you, your goals, and finding a way to help you get better, faster. We provide one-on-one care with the highest quality specialized services. Are you tired of dealing with your low back pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel, neck pain, headaches, and shoulder pain? Did you just have a recent surgery? Do you struggle with feeling off-balance or do you get dizzy during your day? How about a custom splint built for your hand and wrist? Did you recently have a baby and now your body feels tremendously foreign to you? Look no further. We are here for you and ready to help you move better and feel better every step of the way. You do not need a doctor's referral to come in and see us. We accept health insurance and also offer comprehensive self-pay options. Don't settle for mediocre healthcare. Your journey to living better and getting back to doing what you love can start today. Give us a call at 406-494-7050 or visit our website at lonepeakpt.com to speak to an expert now.
0: Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, High School Athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc's Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the Mining City. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more.
2: Oh look, there's another one. Your favorite tavern neighborhood gas station and video stores have all been turned into the same thing a casino at crazy carols we've been doing things the right way for more than three decades so let me introduce myself. I'm Deb Dinius, the manager of Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar, where you'll always find fun in motion and service that sets us apart. Take a trip off the beaten path. Come on over to the hood. We're located on the corner of Walnut and Hayes, where you'll find the big red barn just off the shores of beautiful Lake Berkeley. And don't forget, Bucko the Horse is available for photos. At Crazy Carol's Casino and Meal Bar, we're still so after all these years. Thank you, Butte
1: everybody knows the place to go crazy carols casino and mill bar
2: 5518 designs is your montana lifestyle apparel headquarters in uptown butte we're gearing up to launch all of our brand new designs for the summer all our designs are created in-house actually in the cabin that we have in the back of the store and they're meant to get you psyched about all your summer adventures whether it's biking hiking floating festivaling or just chilling lakeside We've got the tees, hats, hoodies and gifts that everyone is sure to love. And we haven't even mentioned our unique line of Butte gear, but we'll save that for another commercial. In the meantime, stop into 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte and shop online at shop5518.com.
0: You already know about the Knights of Columbus Athletic Club, which is the best workout bargain in town. But did you know the KC also is home to JoyFit 406? JoyFit 406 is Butte's only boutique fitness studio offering indoor cycling as well as a rich variety of other fitness classes from dance fitness and bar to pilates, strength and conditioning, and flow. Regardless of your fitness level, JoyFit 406 fosters a spirit of inclusion and community. At JoyFit 406, they believe in more than just fitness. They believe in building connections and friendship that last a lifetime. Join their vibrant community today where health, happiness, and camaraderie come together in perfect harmony. Your journey to a stronger, more joyful you starts at JoyFit 406. To book a class or to get more information, visit JoyFit406.com, like JoyFit406 on social media and download the JoyFit406 app. Also don't forget to book the renovated Knights of Columbus Hall for your party or reception today. The Knights of Columbus is a proud sponsor of the ButteCast. So so then you spent time in in prison in Billings?
3: I did, I did. Uh, How how long were you there? I was in prison for about a year, year and a half, somewhere in there. I had, to, I had to wait a while. That was my time, so I, I ended up in jail, and I, uh, I surrendered to the Lord there. There was, um, there was a class about forgiveness at the jail, and I just thought, you know, it was a church thing, and I was on lockdown. Um, so I just go, check it out. And the lady said something to me because I asked her about forgiveness, and she said, um, who are you? If God forgives you, who are you not to forgive yourself? Yeah. And I, and it just hit like boom, like really?
0: just that like simple, I'm
3: huh? yeah, like I'm putting myself above God. Yeah. You know when if I can't forgive me, and and there started my, they called me Peter Pan in prison, <laughs> <laughs> and they still they still do when yeah. I see them out in public, they'll be like Peter,
2: which I hate,
3: <laughs> um, because I was on fire, you know just. I was on fire for the Lord um, yeah. during that stint. I didn't think that I was going to, well actually I probably did. Um, they had already sent me through treatments and everything and although I was successful, the fact that I kept returning, yeah. they decided that this time there was no treatment necessary and that I just needed to go sit my time out in prison and that's what they did. Yeah. And I think, I really do think that was God. Because yeah. I think that was that time. Yes. I needed that time and training, yeah. so I come out, yeah. yeah.
0: So you're grateful for your time in prison then?
3: I am, I am. Yeah. I am, I mean, that's hard too, because my baby boy was just a baby when yeah. I left,
2: you it's know. It's so hard. Yeah.
3: yeah, it is, and my mom was taking care of him at that time, and she was crying on the phone all the time, she just couldn't handle it. She was dealing with her own life, you know, yeah. all that stuff that she had happen when she was younger came up and so it was. It was hard to not be there for my mom and my son. Yeah. You know. But then on the other uh, other part, that I do have to. You know, I am grateful for it because I did get to know the Lord. I did get to read the Bible. If I hadn't had that time, I wouldn't. I don't think I would have made it through this last. Relapse. Really? Yeah. Because I came out, like I said, on fire for the Lord, wanting to make a difference. And I came in the rescue mission here in Butte right away.
0: And I came to Butte because you were in pre release, right? Right, correct. Yep. Yep.
3: But I went right to the rescue mission because I wanted to save people, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I just wanted them to find Jesus. Let's all hug, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And that is actually, I, because I didn't deal with me. The other parts of me, and I had just dealt with the spiritual part, that, that I fell. It was easy. When something came around that I hadn't dealt with, in this case, it was a partner that cheated on me.
2: Yeah.
3: And since I had had a previous partner who had done that all the time. And I thought I had dealt with it, but I didn't. Um, they call it PTSD. Yeah. It, well, which I always thought was a poor excuse.
0: Yeah. Um, well, some people try, you know, it's thrown out there a lot. Yeah. But, right. But, right. Yeah, but but not, I just
3: got PTSD. Yeah. You have see,
0: it's like, yeah, I like, yeah. like, ADHD, by talking to my daughter, you know, yeah. she says she has ADHD. Well, that's just usually an excuse to be an asshole, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, ADHD. Yeah. but it's a real thing. It is. It yeah. is.
3: And well, I didn't think so. I just thought yeah. it was, yeah, you're just being weak. Um, yeah. And so when that happened to me and I thought about hurting the other person, you know, like you're, it's his fault, not the yeah. one that I was with, but the yeah. one that had previously done that. Then I realized I hadn't dealt with something, and I went to a very manic stage, and that's what sent me. Yeah. Something so simple sent me into it, and the people that I had started working with, of course, are rescue mission, and yeah. they're more than happy to, you know, they're homeless and addicted to yeah. help me with drugs to take my things from me, to steal my cars, yeah. you know? And that's, I just, it went really fast. Before right. I knew it, I was back into the lifestyle. And actually, in a worse lifestyle than I had been before. I have never been through so much hell as I have here in Butte. Really? Yes, and I say that because, and that's hard, because Billings is, is cruel. The drag world over there is awful. Butte. Butte is awful too. Um, it's 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 hard to explain. You got, I don't know. I guess I guess I'd rather be addicted in Butte than in Billings. Right. But there's still the same kind of people either way. They're people that are ruthless. And you think of it differently when you see a small town. I was always raised in small towns. Right. You know, mm-hmm. your neighbor helped her. They help each other. Yeah. They, you know, you leave your door open at night. Yeah. You know, um, you chip your hat, you wave your hand. Yeah. You know, that's how I was raised. And it wasn't so, it wasn't so. People, people will take advantage of you. Right. I always say they will, they will slit your throat to take your pocket change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you were on the streets? I was like, on the streets, yes. Where did you stay? Where...
3: Um, so I lived up at Homestake. You know, homemade tent. No,
2: nope, really? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I did. We built a refrigerator out of the ground, Dig a hole and made a refrigerator there. And I washed my clothes out of um, a cooler with some, with water that we go at the town pump. Yeah, I lived up there for almost, for two summers at least. And then I lived in a run-down camper um, out, outside of town over here. Um, not outside, but it's pretty, yeah. it's getting out there. Anyway, it had no wa- running water, no yeah. bathroom, and I, I did that, and then I went back and forth to the rescue mission.
0: Really? Yeah. That'd be tough, and of course, you were summer's up at Homestake, but, right. but that, that's got to be,
2: in the it wintertime, it's cold. It and, gets you know, cold. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, I always wonder where people go. You know, and, and you do see a lot of people living on the street, like actually sleeping on the street. Yes. You know, we saw that the other day in front of, right in front of Action Inc. We were going to the Butte High scrimmage football game, and there was a couple you sleeping. Know, sleeping right on the street there. Yeah. And and you, you just feel awful, you know. Well, I don't know what to, you know, you don't know what to make, make eye contact. You talk to them. You, <laughs> don't, you, know, you don't know what to do, you know. Yeah. Because well, one thing, they were... Yeah. They were in bed. You know they were sleeping. Right, you didn't want right. to stop and say, Hey, uh, what's going on? You know, but <laughs> right, right. you know, it's it, it's just kind of awkward and I but I imagine that just must be a nightmare scenario to be in that spot where you have to sleep on the street or it, sleep in a camper. It is, right
3: but it's usually a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. You know. Really. It is. I'm, I mean I'm addicted, I know I get it that the the addiction is a disease, okay, in that you know, I'm not myself. But yeah. it's still all my choices led me to be on the streets. Yeah. And they have a choice. There are programs and things designed to help them. It's just, you've you got to be ready. There has to be that time and moment that you're willing to participate yeah. in your own recovery and well-being. Just getting getting in, getting in, out off the streets and getting into a home. You've got to participate in it. You have yeah. to be actively involved. And if you aren't, there really isn't much we can anybody can do for them all these support services out there they can't do anything because it really depends on the person you know everybody says well not everybody but a lot of people believe that it's a societal problem and while I recognize that there is problems wrong with our society rents high and you know we got the richer getting richer and the poor getting poorer and that's devastating I also recognize that it is an individual choice to um, to st- stay where they're at, or to want to make a change, how about that? To want yeah. to make that change, to not live up there. Because yeah. as soon as I decided that I didn't want to live on the streets, and that I did not want to be addicted, I, was, I got into a home.
0: Really? Yeah. W- what made you decide that, that you were? I got tired thinking, of it.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. It's that battle. It was that spiritual battle for me, yeah. knowing I had actually, so I was in ministry um, in school for ministry and theology yeah. um, when I started to fall. And that's, that's tough because you're thinking, here I am, I wanted to be a speaker for the Lord. Yeah. I want to help all these people. And I'm the one shooting up methamphetamine.
2: Yeah.
3: So that was, it was a very, very, very vicious spiritual battle for me. Yeah. And I just didn't want it.
2: Yeah,
0: that seems like a, an unlikely road to addiction—or not to addiction, but to being on the streets. Because you grew up in, on a farm, right? You know, you're you're in spiritual from the beginning. You know, you want to be in the theology and and ministry and then do that work. And you know, it's it just seems like an unlikely story, right? Don't you, you know what I mean? Right. Because it's not like you grew up. You know, you grew up in in crime. No. You know. You know. You just. It was.
3: I didn't even grow up so, in an it, addicted it, it, it home.
0: Basically, have, what I guess they say, it could happen to anybody.
3: It can, it can. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, my mom, she had her partying years, but my mom yeah. has never really been an addict that I knew of. Yeah. I didn't have a horrible childhood, you know. So, and no, I never thought, I never could have would have thought to myself, and early, you know, your life, you're, you know, going to be on the streets and living in the missions, and no, there was nothing in. I was a successful business gal in my, my early uh, 20s. Were and, you right? Really? Yeah, in California. What yeah. were you doing? I did, well, I, uh, I helped run chemical companies. No. I did graphic arts, so I still have my, my art still out there. I did websites, design, and server administration at that time. And this is like 1998, 1999. So So you're in
0: the cutting edge kind of, right? I was,
3: (laughs) I don't know computers like that anymore. This is when they still had those ribbon, you know, the rainbow colored
2: ones (laughs) for the
3: computers. So, but yeah, I was successful. And at that point, that's actually, that's my first one was with meth, was then. Mm. And then it went from the meth um, contributed to me losing the use of my legs, yeah. to the opiates, to the methamphetamine again. So, and that's how that went. But yeah, I was very successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I didn't want any children. I had a different life plan. There was just no way I would ever think or, or find myself or be the one who went to prison
2: yeah.
3: in the family like you know this is Tawny this is what yeah. my family calls me this is Tawny and Tawny's yeah. Tawny's in prison
0: yeah
3: and th- I mean my family would have never guessed it yeah. either it's just not a life that I ever would have chose and I, d- I definitely didn't see a lot of it around me yeah Yeah. so it is very simple you, it, there's yeah. addicts from every walk of life
2: yeah
3: every walk of life the drug's not he does he don't he don't care. You know, the drug will take down anybody, Yeah. doesn't care who you are, doesn't care where you, where you come from. Yeah. Don't
0: care how fancy a car you no. have. right? Nope. Yeah. Now, was your family supportive when you were in prison? they come visit you and stuff?
3: My mother was the only one, yeah. and she's really been the only one in my life that, well, no, I, I take that back. My grandfather as well, but my grandfather couldn't come and visit. But my mother has always been by my side, right. always. Um, and I've put her through a lot, a lot. Yeah. The other part, the other, my brothers and sisters really just, yeah, we don't have the greatest relationship. We're working on it. We're working on it now. But yeah, yeah. I was the one who went to prison. I was the one who was always in trouble. I was the one who got her kids removed. Mm -hmm. I'm the black sheep.
0: Yeah, I'm the black Do, sheep. They, do you think they would have a hard time trusting you? Is that why?
3: Well, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, I've stolen from most everybody. Really? You know, in my addiction, my mother, my sister, my brother. I mean, um, you do things that you don't, you wouldn't normally do, and yeah. so you, I, have, I've had to rebuild that trust with them. You know, yeah. and it takes uh-huh.
0: time. I imagine. It
3: takes a lot of time. Yeah. Sometimes, it just depends on. Who you're dealing with my yeah. mom still love me right away I got if I got 10 days my mom is like and yeah. she's my cheerleader yeah. <laughs> Tanya's gonna do it yeah you know um yeah but the rest of them want to see me a lot longer you know yeah. they're like you gotta have a year or two before you can even like really even step into my home
0: yeah yeah so do you feel confident now that you're you, you beat it that you're gonna you're gonna stay out of it
3: well yeah. That's an excellent question. Um, I don't ever try to put myself in that position to believe that I'm a I've recovered.
2: Yeah, Um, in fact, yeah.
3: In fact, I don't even keep track of my days because I say every day I woke up this morning and I had a choice and I chose not to use. Yeah. And that way, I don't give myself an excuse saying, "Oh, you got a year. You've been a good girl. Go ahead and just try it."
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is supposed the opposite of what that's supposed to be, right? Right, right, right. The chips and all that. (laughs) Right, Right. Yeah. But it
3: is, you know, you can actually even turn your chips in and your AA chips at a bar to get a drink, no which which is sad, which is, yeah. is really sad, yeah, yeah, it is, you know, but that's what it is. It's like, congratulations, you did six months, now go ahead and try again. Yeah. But I will always be an addict. I will always have to remain abstinent. You know, I see it no different than, it's, it's a sin, it's a sin that... Maybe you know, genetic, hereditary, environmental. However, it, it played in, it was a sin that I have to remain abstinent from. Yeah. Um, and there's other sins that people are involved in. Abstinence is key to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, how did you, uh, or when did you become involved with the care committee, and kind of see what they provide?
3: Well, actually, Joan from Action Inc. Yeah. got a hold of me because she just kept telling me every time she saw me. Because I've been working with Action Inc. for years and I've been coming in oh, as really? a ragamuffin. Yeah. And she's like, she didn't even recognize me the last time. She, um, She's like, T- is this you, Tanya? And she just started to see my growth. Yeah. And so she she said, I, I, just, I see that you've come so far and I'd like you to come take a look at it. And so, and it fits in line with what I want to do. When I first got here, I wanted to be part of the mission, the rescue mission, and I was. Yeah. And it's just the ministry that I think God's calling me to, is to help the addict, the, yeah. yeah.
0: That, by helping somebody else kind of gives you a purpose. Yeah. You you say you you like that, then.
3: Yeah. Well, it's not even just that. It also helps me. It helps me grow, too, because I get to see what I don't want to be anymore. I work with people all the time, and I go and see them, and it reminds me of the places that I've been that I don't want to be.
4: Yeah.
3: You know, but it's about relating to humans. I don't want them humans to go through what I went through. You know I many mothers suffer all the time because they lost their kids? Or, you know, that they just stay in addiction because, you know, they just... That's that's where that's where the devil keeps them. Yeah. They want to see their babies. They want to make a difference. They want to make a change but are stuck. Or in bad relationships, abusiveness. You know, I've been abused myself. You know that trauma bonding. You know, um, I don't I want to spare somebody what I've gone through. And or if I can't do that, if they're already caught in it, then I want to get to tell them, "Hey, there is a way out." Yeah. It is a choice, and there are people who care and who will walk beside you. So what I, what I do is I walk beside them. You know, I go and I, I go and visit the rescue mission a couple times a, uh, a week. Well, sometimes I'm all there all the time, but yeah. just to see how everybody's doing, just to visit with them.
0: Congratulations to this week's Lescavar Honda Athletes of the Week, Peyton Poole and the Butte 13-14 Junior League All-Star Baseball Team. Paul takes home the girls' honor for her All-American performance in track and field. In July, the soon-to-be 6th grader at Whittier Elementary competed at Tracktown USA in Eugene, Oregon. She placed 6th overall in the Javelin, competing against more than 60 other 11- and 12-year-old girls. The top eight in each event are considered All-American and were presented with medals and honored on the big screen in the stadium. Peyton is also a straight-A student. The Junior League All-Star team takes on the boys' accolades after representing the Treasure State at the Western Regional Junior Tournament August 2nd through 10th in Bend, Oregon. That came after the Butte boys won the state title at Three Legends Stadium. Team members are Noah Powers, Trey Hollow, Camden Ingraham, Sawyer Casey, Calvin Cunningham, Bryson Hibbert, Cody Kirsten, Tegan Duffy, Tucker Kissel, Miles Choquette, David Honer, and Hugh O'Brien. Coaches are Mike Duffy, Chad Powers, and Joe O'Brien. Congratulations to Peyton and the All Star team, and thank you, Lescavar Honda, for honoring the hardworking young athletes of the mining city.
4: Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at
0: Lescavar Honda. We just received a new shipment of cars, trucks, and SUVs, and we have them priced to move. Our new vehicles come with a 20 year, 200,000 mile warranty, and two years or 24,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. Most of our pre owned vehicles come with the same 20 or 200,000 mile warranty with most makes and models on our lot. And of course, all prices are clearly marked. Stop on down and see us, our Honda. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store.
1: Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandes, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandes can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertocchio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat.
0: Is your house too cold or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring you quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. Lockmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air, central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects, and ventilation and exhaust systems. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer of train heating, cooling, air handling, and ventilation products. For all your home heating and cooling needs, remember Lockmer Sheet Metal. Now, you know, your ministry, are you actually working in the ministry right now? as your own ministry or
2: well
3: i do yeah 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 so i i just go there i, I talked to the rescue mission because i had gone through the program myself last year and yeah. um so they just kind of got used to my face and i just asked them i said can i come up and just sit with people pray with them yeah talk to them about jesus um just relate relate to them and they said yes so i go up there i go to the low barrier end and i spent a couple um, days at lunches, yeah. hang out with them up there, and I also visit at uh, the other end, the recovery end. The rescue mission has yeah. a, the resources available. People come, you know, and so while I, I can provide a resource or something to somebody, I'm really actually there just for more of moral support, peer support. Just, yeah. you know, I've been there. I've been there, man. Make a decision. Make a decision. You know, do you want to stay on the streets? Are you this is what you want to do? That's... that's figure out something, um, and so I, I do that, and then, of course, the care committee, um, which I, you know, is, I'm really, needs, we're getting organized, and we're, we have fabulous minds working on things yeah. to, we can't alleviate homelessness, I don't, I don't think anybody can, but we certainly can, like I said, just come in to help the whole person, Yeah. You know, providing everything, the education that's needed for that, the resources that are needed for that, the support. Um, that's important. And letting other human beings know. So you asked about the people on the street, what would you say? Well if they're alive and awake, they're just they're just like any other human. Yeah. Hey man, how you doing today? Yeah. You know? That's it. I mean it's 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 just relating to them. You'll find that you're not gonna you know, people's worry about them being aggressive or, or whatnot. For the most part, that's not the case. No. Not the case. It's another human talking to another human. And they're hot or they're tired or they're cold or thirsty or whatever it is, just like all the other humans get.
2: Yeah.
3: And, you know, and that's, that's where I go. That's where I want to go. I want to go meet them on the street. I want, I want to show them a better life. I want to show them a better way.
0: You don't see it as a danger of slipping back? Is it, a temptation every day going back there and and be, being around people who are addicted to.
3: You think you would think, and yeah. at first, and I should have. I did relapse in the beginning of the year because I I was I did not do it right. So no, you can't just be like a month into recovery and go and hang out with a bunch of people smoking their glass pipe. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to work. So <laughs> um, while I put myself in that situation, if the something. At the rescue mission, it's more safer. I'm yeah. not gonna run. Someone's not gonna ask, you know. Right there, smoke with me. Yeah. On the streets, I make it brief. You know, I, 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 and or I have another person with me. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I guess I guess it could be, but I see it more of when I see it. It reminds me of where I don't want to be.
2: Yeah.
3: And it doesn't doesn't it doesn't appeal to me at all anymore. That lifestyle, yeah.
0: and you're probably a valuable asset to people who will want to recover too, because you know how to get, you know, you know the resources, you know how to get through it, and you've been there. Right, which is probably the most important part, right?
3: Well, right. Well, and um, I have, so I can relate. Like I said, I can relate on many levels with them. Yeah. You know, all the, you know, they're they're going through whatever whatever part of the recovery that they're going through, and i I have one in particular that I'm working with right now. And she's, you know, she's fighting. There's that emotional battle, that um, fighting for her kids, all that. Since I I have that, I can. And since I have a little bit more recovery, in my mind, I've had some more time to heal. I can, I don't, I always just give it out there, the advice. You know, speak it. And then let them make their decisions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, it's it's Absolutely. available in there but you have the choice to take that information and use it however you want and that's and that's what, at least want to give that at least want to provide that
0: yeah is it yeah. Care, being part of the care committee has that helped you too
3: i love being part of the care committee yeah, yeah. it was it was it was something I, I know that the good lord did he wanted me involved in this this has always been my ministry yeah. i needed those last eight years that i've been stuck I needed those as my training ground. I had to learn boundaries because I was that, that farm girl, that sweet farm girl, okay? Yeah. I needed to learn um, no to a lot of things and have boundaries. I needed to, um, I need that growth time to be able yeah. to deal with the people that I'm dealing with because while most of them, and I say most of them, are decent human beings, you know, great hearts, wonderful people. Drugs can make you go to a place that you're not. Yeah. And what they wouldn't normally do, they do. You know, it's like Paul says, I'm, I'm stuck in that cycle of sin. What I want to do, I, I don't do. That I, yeah. yeah. So you know what I mean? And that's, that's where they're at. And, um, and And, so just, I don't even know where I was going with that. We lost yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm just saying, yeah, you know, yeah. I got, I love, my, my life quote is from 1 Corinthians 9.22. It says, yeah. to the weak I become weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, so that by some means I might be able to save some. Well, I'm not the Savior. Paul is speaking about just, just being there.
2: Yeah. Just
3: being there with another person you know um, relating to them on that that level and hopefully you know hopefully they'll let you pick them help pick them up up the ground yeah. you know help dust them off and get them going and like I said but it is a choice but I I want to let them know that they have that choice yeah. you know and you know there's another thing I wanted to mention while I'm here with you is that God is taken being taken out of everything these days people's faith is you can't speak it. It's it's a quiet thing yeah. and um, and you know, this country is blessed. This nation is built on the biblical beliefs, you know, and standings of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were having religious persecution over there, so they wanted to be in a place where they weren't being that religious. Religious
0: freedom, yeah. Yeah.
3: They wanted freedom. And we're losing that. God's being taken out in recovery. They're just like, oh, no, you know, um, this is this is secular, so you can't speak the name of Christ.
0: Oh, really? I, yeah. I thought religion was kind of not really necessarily part a basis of it, but it was involved like in in, in AA and. It and is. And stuff you can say well Creator, stuff.
3: absolutely, okay. but if you say Jesus Christ,
2: they really. Yes, and so I've they...
3: had some people tell me. You may not speak the name of Jesus Christ. You can call him creator and do not quote the Bible.
0: Really? Yeah. 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 It seems like if you're trying to get better and you want to quote the Bible, you should be able to quote the Bible, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
3: I should be able to proclaim my faith wherever I go. And if it's helping me to recover, then why can't I share that information with somebody else to help them recover? And I do. I find he's just getting taken out of everything so that you don't, can't, the faith, our faith is, yeah. yeah, no one void, you know, and if I wasn't for Jesus in my life, I would not have come out of this last one, and I'd really. probably be dead.
0: Really? We I tried. think you were pretty close to being dead? I tried. Really?
3: Yeah, I tried. I mean, like, the best you can think of to get the best shot, or to go into right. the wrong places, or, um, and, Yeah. Yeah, he just didn't want me that yeah. way, and so,
0: And you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now? I you're do. You're in a good spot.
3: I do, I like, I yeah. like my life. I like, um, I don't have much, but I have a lot more than I've had in years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I um, don't got kind of to build an empire or anything like that, <laughs> but you know, I, I like what I have. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I just, and I like, I like doing what I'm doing.
0: You plan on sticking around Butte for a while?
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, I love Butte. I yeah. love Butte. Yeah, this is, I, you know, I say it was rough between both places. But when I was on the streets, this is, this is, I asked for help. I even had money. I'm like, come on, guys, give me a ride. I got mm-hmm. money. And nobody, they would walk their windows on me. Like, mm, like yeah, yeah, like, get this
1: yeah. tweaker
3: away from me. And I was here in Butte. And I was walking with my wagon or bag, you know, with all my clothes, again, on the street in the winter. And I'm freezing, freezing. My hands are like purple-red. Yeah. And this um, high school kid, he, he gave me his gloves. Really? Yeah. He, he, and he... Uh, he says, he says, you know, like, I'm ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm old.
2: <laughs>
3: yes, kiddo. <laughs> yeah. um, I see that you're really cold and that you're struggling. And these were nice gloves. I want yeah. you to have these. And then, hold on, guys, he proceeded to to, ask me to please, because I was walking the same direction, to please tell him about the Lord, that he wasn't learning that at home. Really? Yeah. And then... Butte is, I mean, it sounds so weird, but that is the greatest thing that anybody ever did to me, did for me when I was out on the streets. You know, Billings, nobody cared. And they, I mean, I asked simple things of people. Please just carry my bag for a block because I can't make it anymore. And um, they wouldn't. But here in Butte, this kid did what nobody else did. And to me, I don't know, Butte just... But has always pulled together as a community when I needed them the most. I don't get that support anywhere else. Yeah. And so I want to give to Butte. I want to see this community be great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you, uh, how about your future? Do you, do you look to try to reestablish connection with your kids?
3: I hope so. I, and yeah. I pray about it all the time. And there ain't nothing I can do but give it time. Yeah. You know, I try to contact with my daughter and it's up to her. Yeah. She's a young lady, so she doesn't want anything to do with her mom right now. As far as my son goes, the, it's been a total disconnect because of the adoption, and that's going to be up to the adoptive parents that at some point they feel like I've...
0: Do you know them at all? Do you-
3: I've never met them. The yeah. good thing is, is that they keep in contact with my family, so that my son is seeing his sister.
0: Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah,
3: he's seeing his grandma. Yeah, his auntie. His yeah cousins. So yeah, they were good enough to keep that connect. They just didn't want it with me, and and they actually said that they would rather him wait till he was 18 to even discuss me again. Yeah. And that's hard because it was supposed to be an open adoption, um, and but I, 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 was, I just wasn't getting it right. I would yeah. get four and a half months recovery and relapse, two, you know, two months relapse. I just wasn't getting it right.
2: Yeah.
3: And I, I could see why they would say, well, you're, you're not showing us some steady, reliable recovery here. And we just think that you're a danger. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. So this is my longest stint right now. And I'm hoping, you know, I keep myself involved in all this to keep myself out of it. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it is. It's a reminder. And, and hopefully to, to spare other moms, dads, whatever, whoever, they're from experiencing the things that I've experienced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes you happy. So if you can help somebody get off it and keep their own kids. Right, right. that right. That's kind of makes you feel better and, yeah. and helps ease the pain.
3: well, and it's hard because I see moms that I work with some that are you know see their kids each week, and I think I think where well, I wouldn't give, you know, yeah. and I get jealous, <laughs> I yeah. do, but over but overall, right. yeah, I want to see that mom get her daughter or son. I want to see the couple get back together and yeah. succeed and you know, um, and even if it means to, like I'm the one who doesn't, I won't receive it, and it might be a while. If they can receive it before I do, it's still a blessing. Yeah. It still is. It hurts.
0: Yeah, well, I imagine it hurts. Yeah. I had to miss my son's Little League game one time. You know, got over it a little faster than I thought, and I thought I'd catch the last couple innings, and I had to miss the whole thing
2: because
0: I, I was even you know, working as a sports writer cover and watching other kids, little, their, p- other people's kids play. And that devastated me, you know, and he had a big couple big hits and was the big hero of the game, and I missed it. And yeah. Just missing any kind of moment like that in life is tough, but to, miss, to miss all of them, you know, for years is, I can't even...
3: Miss their, their, yeah, their, yeah the way they, they grow up, yeah. I do, because my boy was this big when, when, uh, when he's gone, and now he's going to, I don't even know how big he'll be when I see him, and I have, I missed a lot of time.
0: Yeah. Do you get pictures of them? Do they send anything? Um, like that?
3: Everyone's sent a great while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody will sneak me a photo of some sort, but you know, it's. Um,
0: not from the family. They think
3: like my family, my family still thinks that I should let it be, which is really hard to take. I don't get where they can see that yeah. because I'm a mommy. And now I'm yeah. a childless mommy. <laughs> you know, I'm a yeah. mother without children at this, but. I'm still a mother. Yeah. They're still my kiddos. Yeah. And there's nothing that I want more than to have them, you oh, know. Yeah. And to say that I should just be like, no, you go ahead and raise my kid and I'll see them yeah. when they get older. That's not it. That was never the case. I never wanted them taken away. Yeah. Never wanted them taken well, you, away. Well, you,
0: uh, you, you're you not a big fan of the DFS. I am not. And obviously, But you said you understand that why they took them, right? At the first Initially, yes, Initially, yes. Initially. But it, did they just not? as it seems like it's. Of course, once they, the word meth is thrown into any kind of a case like that, you're done, right? Right. Mean, well, mine,
3: my my, but mine, the meth wasn't thrown into my case. Wasn't. No. But and you know, with my daughter was opiates, and that's understandable. I was I was injecting opiates quite a bit. Yeah. And I did go through the their program, but at the time it was very new. It was the drug court program. Yeah. And. Um, and they didn't know how to deal with my type, so I was the first of their type, and they ostracized me and my family, which was very cruel.
2: Yeah.
3: But we, it was a new program, and I, I am not, I cannot excuse them because what they did was inhumane. They should have never treated people the way that they treat people. Um, and I worked my butt off to get my daughter. I stayed sober. I did the things that I was supposed to do. I understand now that it was God, honestly, mm. keeping my daughter in that situation because I wasn't gonna stay that way. Yeah. I was too angry and I hadn't dealt with things. So when they took my son, I went into fear mode. Now they didn't take my son over drugs. I had, I had been in, I was in a relationship and we had started to get physical with one another. Mm. And so I took my son. And I left with him Um, and I contacted the school but anyway the counselor from the school didn't report the information we got a bolo put out on us that we were missing and that's how he got taken and because I had the past history that I did they took him and they took him 222 miles away from me well after they took him it was about a month and I couldn't no, no, no child. This is COVID, COVID, COVID. Um, the quarantine went right there, right? Yeah. Like three days later. Uh, so I, I started using. I went into my basement. I got in contact with somebody and I did what I know how to do. I started using drugs and heavily because now I don't have a kid. Yeah, I don't have a partner. Lose, right? yeah. yeah, I don't have a kid. I don't have a partner. He's 222 miles away. My partner had stolen my car. I had no resources. It was lockdown. None of these were taken into consideration in, in, the, in my case. And in fact, they did my case incorrectly here in Butte that when I went to Supreme Court, okay, I won three out of the four errors. Yeah, the fourth errors got them taken away and even then they lied about that. They right. said that we had never tried to establish contact with my son, but I actually ran away to visit my son because nobody was letting me see him. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have problems with the way that they run things. Um, And I didn't, since COVID locked down everything, I didn't have the opportunity to get into the treatment, to do the things that I need to do after, you know. Um, But like I said, with that being said, I also was the one who went to the drugs. Yeah. And I'm I'm stayed that way so badly that I lost my home and I was living up in, mom's sake. Yeah. So you know I mean I, it's, it's both of us. There has to be a greater communication. Yeah. There has to be.
0: There it has to be, be a greater cold, communication. be a bureaucracy kind of wall that you run into. Right. You know you have to, it has to be a person. Yeah. Right. Know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a science project. I'm not a, a you know. Can we you know? Because that's what they basically were doing with the the drug court was, let's try these things on this human being and see if it works. But they actually let's try this these things on this number.
2: Yeah.
3: I wasn't even a human. I was a number to them. Case number, whatever, blah blah blah. And that's that's where that went wrong. You know, they weren't they weren't dealing. They weren't. And at that point too, I wasn't ready. They had taken my drugs away from my when with my daughter. They I was on opiates. They took them from me. You okay. know, I wasn't ready to be clean. I stayed it, yeah. but I did it because I was gung ho. Like you know, well, ha! I'll show you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't that means that I wasn't dealing with the, the core issues that put me there in the first place, and all those emotional, the grief, all of it. It didn't come into play until this. These last few years has been really where I've been able to start yeah. thinking more rationally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like you're doing a lot of that now.
3: I try. Yeah. I hold every thought captive, they say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's important. Yeah. Yeah, I I still react poorly sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all do. Very poorly. <laughs> you should watch me watch yeah. a football game sometime yeah. and talk about poor reaction. <laughs>
3: right, I'm not the big sweetheart, you know. Yeah. They, they're, they're like, oh, that's the Christian lady. That's what they call me at the mission. Yeah. Oh, that's that sweet Christian lady. And I thought, well, for, first I was like, oh, you guys wait, I, I like. And I, I didn't think it was a great name. I don't mind it, I suppose. Yeah. But then, they, then they, it takes away from the part that, hey, I was just like you. Yeah. You know, we're we're the same. We're, I'm not some sweet Christian lady come in here just yeah. to try to hug you. <laughs> yeah. And I've been there, and so I, I still have those old ticks. Like, yeah. Do you want me to I'll attack her? Tackle her? <laughs> you know. Yeah. You talking to my friend like that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had you here for over an hour. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before we we wrap up?
3: I uh, I don't. I, th- I I thank you. This is this yeah. is fun. This has been fun. Yeah. This has been a good time. And well,
0: yeah. Hopefully, some people listen and, and if not, help somebody else or better understand a little bit, right? Right.
3: Well, and I'll, I I will I'll say this. Um, when when in recovery, it's it's okay to. Not want to run out and help everybody else. Or don't be yeah. in a relationship. Please take the time to focus on yourself. Yeah. Give yourself that time. Because if you want the kids, you got to work on you. Hey, someone once told me, live my best life for me. And I said, mm, yeah. you know, to that. Because yeah. my kids were my best life. Yeah. And I say, live your best life for your kids. You know, live your best life for you and your kids. It's both. It's not just, you know, that way when your child comes to you, you're healthy. Yeah. You're ready. You're prepared. And when they're struggling, you know, because you can't help nobody until you can help yourself. Yeah. 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 You can't bail out a boat if nobody else is helping you.
2: Yeah.
3: You know? So um, I, just, please. Recovery is when you're doing it. It's important to just take time to heal. You know, and and if it feels selfish, that's fine. Do it anyways, because because it should be about self at that point. It needs to be about self, so that self can help somebody else later on.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you going forward hopefully things work out for you thank you looks like you're doing looks like you're doing great right now
3: i hope so <laughs> yeah. I,
0: if i just sitting there talking to you i wouldn't if you didn't tell me your story there's no way i would ever guessed it yeah you know so yeah. looks like you're doing really well
3: thank you thank you appreciate that
2: America, USA.